Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 8, Ribbit and Rip It. This is a big one. Big, 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 big episode. And by the way, we're we're kind of in a funny stretch here, I do have to say, because this week we got three episodes. We're in the midst of we're giving you bonus free content. But if you want bonus extra content, you go to patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod. You can find it, all of the bonus content that we have there, including the Discord and bonus episodes that we do every month. We have a subscriber mailbag, things of that nature. If you want to check it out and support the brand, do so. But before we get into this She-Hulk episode, let's introduce the panel real quick. First, the super producer is in the house, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well, and I do just want to note that on the Patreon, we did just put up a poll that we're going to go back to covering a different franchises like once a month, and we put up a poll of what franchise we want to cover next. The options are the Mission Impossible movies, the X-Men movies, the Blade movies, and the Fast and Furious movies. If you are interested in any of those, join up this weekend and vote. I will say one of them has a commanding lead, but I won't say which because I don't want to discourage people from signing up. <laughs> exactly exactly so make sure you do that if you want to check it out and thanks everybody for the support nonetheless we do have a guest also first not only she's a friend of the show very near and dear to our hearts she had a birthday this week so happy belated to mm-hmm. the one the only shivani banfall shivani welcome back to the program it's a pleasure to have you back how you doing Oh, it's so good. Thank you for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, See, Shivani, it's it's always special when someone up on my wall is on the pod. I'm pointing to the poster I have of all the Avengers people. You're on my wall forever. Not forever. I am an Avengers take it down. But you are on my wall currently. <laughs> Hopefully you get like a dope basement somewhere. Yes. And- oh, no, I'm not getting rid of this. And if we ever do another one, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Uh, because you know what is cooler than having posters of uh, random shit is having posters of shit you did in your real life. And that's a sincere thing that I said like a joke, but I mean it. Oh, it's, I believe it. And I actually live it. I think that's so cool. Yes, yes. And it's great to have Shiv on. So Shiv, we're going to start with you because as customary, when we have a guest on who hasn't, hasn't been on with us for this episode, this series is run. We asked them, what do they think of this series to this point? We're seven episodes through She-Hulk, now going to episode eight. Give me your general thoughts. What you feeling about this? So episode eight is just amazing in all its glory. But um, I have been really conflicted about this series. Um, I like it. There's really fun tidbits. But then at the same time, from um, a perspective as a woman, I'm confused if I like um, how there's so much commentary on being a woman or if I want more of a superhero that just, you know, mm-hmm. smashes and goes crazy because that might be exciting too. But um, so far I've been enjoying it. I like little fourth wall breakdowns and the jokes are funny, but, you know, still um, just trying to figure out if I want less of that commentary or more of it. That's an, it's an interesting subject that you broach, because I think one of the things that we've talked about throughout the series so far is that baked into all the fun and the jokes and the fourth wall breaking is telling this story, introducing this character to us and, and trying to get this character over. And I think as far as explaining who this person is and the commentary that you discuss, yeah, I feel like 
if you ask people about it, for some people it really hits, and then for others it doesn't. Some people just kind of want to see the superhero stuff, which it's interesting because I feel like more so than any of the Disney Plus shows to this point, there is a lot more of a comic book-like feel to this and just kind of like panels and kind of the way that it that it goes. Like it's what, using the sitcom format and the way that it kind of jumps through and there's certain storyline aspects that play in later to something like it does in certain comic book runs. That's where I feel like, I don't know, I have a I have a very very good feeling and vibe about this series to this point, but it's an interesting point you raise because you're not the first person to raise it, but we should dive into you certainly, this. You certainly yes. are the first person, I, not the first person, but I think it's an interesting question from your point of view because yes. obviously most of the people who are criticizing the show for having the commentary are doing it from uh, this is woke feminist garbage, right? And I think that it is interesting to weigh how much even if you agreed generally with messages that the show is giving, how much you feel like it's necessary. Now, I personally am, I, I have kind of a wide tolerance for didactic stuff which is not a good thing so it doesn't really bother me that much but i think it is interesting to what what question like okay we get you know let's actually just have a show where like the narrative matters we don't need to solve people's attitudes towards women in this show right i think that is an interesting thing to balance yeah no i completely agree um i i always think about how in that you know that end game scene where you have like the 10 different, you know, um, women superheroes that are, you know, coming together and they're just like doing a cool scene. And everyone was like, what if we just had that as like, uh, you know, a woman superhero film. And um, we're, I feel like we're still waiting for that a little bit. Cause like, even with all of the Hulk smashing, um, we're just, we're hearing more of, um, you know, social commentary and societal um issues of being a woman especially even just in this episode like there was a lot of it so um Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting so but once again it's a it's a really enjoyable series and kind of like ac said like there there is a very much a comic book feel and i can i see that and i totally am enjoying that and so much of she hulk is like a person trying to figure out how to be a regular person right so um, and just you see that in the comics, though, too. So that's a, it's a it's a great thing to keep thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's just dive in, because there is a lot going on in a short span of time in this episode. I feel like everything flowed very well. Listen, you bring back Charlie Cox for this particular episode and. I think the thing that stood out to me the most, and I'll, I'll let you guys play off of me here, is the not only the joy that Charlie looked like he had performing here, but the chemistry between him and Tatiana was just incredible. I, I It was so enjoyable to see them interact, the way that they interacted throughout the entire episode. And it just, honestly, like as somebody who likes a likes a little romance and likes a little uh a little of that good feelings and a little of that good tension mm-hmm. this was perfect mm-hmm. i was just like i was i had great vibes the entire time mm-hmm. uh jake i'll start with you because we, yeah. we kind of were on the same page earlier in the yeah. discord you know, mm-hmm. give me your thoughts on like and- 
that whole thing because it framed the episode. Anyone who knows me knows that this is my whole deal. I do this show about superhero movies, but truly what I really want to talk about is actors being charismatic and flirting and kissing. That's really what I, that's what I, that's what I get up in the morning for. And like, not in a weird way. It's just, there's something genuinely magical when you see charisma and chemistry on screen. It is like, it is the ineffable thing that has been in movies since the twenties. And even when there weren't words in movies, you could still feel it. And it is, a special effect worth its weight, like VFX artists can't even touch it. And it's why I rather famously in our circles was made that impassion case to the Washington, the, the, the wall street journal about why lack of sex and romance in Marvel movies is a bad thing that like, not only was it incredibly charming and fun to watch. It also was like, it informed all the later scenes with them. And it was kind of always there. It wasn't like a detour. It wasn't like they're going to have scenes where they're cute together. And then they're going to fight some bad guys. It's like, they're going to have scenes that are cute together. And that is, that is always sitting above them, even when they fight the bad guys. But I think that the fact that we don't really make romantic comedies anymore is a genuine shame because Tatiana Maslany could probably have chemistry with an avocado. Um, like it's just (laughs) some of her facial stuff i mean we'll talk about it but i think her face acting in the scene where he says he can hear her heartbeat is like bingo unbelievable i I just don't know how you have a camera that close to you and you're just like yeah i'm gonna fucking nail this i have no nothing but great things to say about the chemistry and it really is like this is what i was excited about with this show is that if you're gonna if you're gonna not have a show that's all about smashing which i think is a thing to consider if you're gonna do that then give us the human moments that we don't get in the big budget movies and this the scenes were so human in a way that like i don't know it just made me it i was cheesing it at my break room at work because that's where i watched this and i'm glad no one walked in yes yes that's great stuff um shiv let me know what you think like as far as not only seeing charlie cox come back um daredevil in all his glory matt as a lawyer uh, taken down Jen earlier in the episode. All of that stuff. Give me your thoughts. Oh, I'm so excited for Slutty Daredevil to be back. Um, <laughs> he's from the streets, and you know, we're as it's a sex positive show, which is really exciting to see, like Disney and Marvel putting out. But um, I'm excited. Like Charlie Cox, I loved that street level uh marvel shows for netflix those were like mm-hmm. so good except for you know iron fist but yeah we, we yeah. can ignore that um but mm-hmm. uh the net you know the daredevil series is great like uh charlie cox was so good it was dark and gritty and all the things that you wanted but once again he was charismatic and slutty and he had all of those great <laughs> romantic partnerships in that show and to get that in this and this great episode it was it's like christmas maybe it's like valentine's day actually um but (laughs) getting a little action but um it was it's so great to see uh charlie cox and once like i didn't know how he would do with like the comedic level of this show but um i think that he is doing a great job and it was Mm -hmm. fun to see him in that like fun playful light that we see in the show I think the thing, too, about it is that his comedic persona in the show is kind of just his actual regular persona as Daredevil just played differently. Like, the things that are funny about his version of Daredevil in this are, it's not different than who he's playing because his super guilt-ridden, self-serious, always feeling the weight of responsibility 
is, if you look at it in a certain way, can be played as funny. It didn't feel like it was a departure of the character. The things that were funny about his character in this episode are characteristics he already had in Daredevil, and that's why I was I wasn't only really worried about it because it's like people are like, "How is Daredevil going to be funny?" It's like you can. It's really easy to make jokes about Daredevil. Like, he is always feeling bad about himself, even though he just, like, saved, like, a young girl's life or something like that. Like, he's a really funny guy if you're willing to make him funny. And I, I loved how much fun he seemed like he was having. Because, obviously, I think he loved the darkness of the Daredevil show. But he got to, you know, put his hair down uh, figuratively in this. And it was great. No, just something, like, where he goes to Jen. He goes, I'm Daredevil. And he does the hand motion. And just, like, stuff like that. Those, those type of expressions when... You can see somebody performing in a way like, and in all of his interviews since he's come back and Spider-Man No Way Home and everything that he's that he's been a part of in doing this, there the genuine excitement is something that excites me as a fan because it, you know that they're going to put their their very best into what they do. To so to see something like this, it was as a like just as a as a as an MCU fan. There's a lot lately that you can be like, eh, not all of it's like hitting to the point that you want to. But this was like a reminder of what it could be when it does. And when it's like that, it reminds you of why you loved the franchise so much. And this is why I felt like when they were going to add him into this series and they talked about a lighter tone to Jake's point, you can pull that off and and it come off with you know without a hitch and do really really well and man there's like so many moments that you can go back to like at least that when he first enters in goes i'm here and then talks about like how he talks about like oh i couldn't find parking and just mm-hmm. like a little a little thing like that to get the ball rolling and then he's just on mm-hmm. one the entire episode you're gonna say something jake no i was gonna say that that's something he would say in daredevil like that's the thing too is like his he used corny dad jokes in Daredevil as well. I, I also think there's a way that people misunderstand that, like, tone is something that has way more to do with the storytelling than it does the characters and people. Because you, neither you nor I know a single person who is funny all the time or serious all the time. And so it's mostly just about lighting and pacing that makes something a drama or a comedy. Yes, yes. And yeah. and to and to a point that... That Jake made earlier about the about the heart beating scene. I think what was great about that is not only you get the tension between the two, but then you and then you talk about Tatiana and just the way that she looks at him has has kind of like the wry smile and then just goes, I'm healthy and then just continues on. It's just like little stuff like that. And that I just really loved. It was just so much fun. And there's a lot more going on in this episode, but I I do want to spend I do want to spend more time on on uh, Daredevil because we we won't see him at least for a little while, and so Shivani like overall, just the way that he was included into this, what was your favorite part of this episode for you personally? Like what stood out to you the most? Where 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 did you get your jollies? Well, I feel like. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of people in the same boat as me that, like, I was on the edge of my seat trying to figure out if they're going to hook up or not. Because, like, I wanted to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) um, that point where she breaks down that fourth wall and is like, 
you guys are feeling this too. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely feeling yeah, this. My, my screen is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's really interesting because this series has, you know, my number one daddy of all time, always, you know. Um, yeah. You know, Benedict Wong. But Shout out think, to the goat. I think Charlie steals it in this episode alone. And, you know, maybe this next next season's daddy's pod like i might have to throw some matt murdoch on there just <laughs> uh, i will we didn't mention and we talked about the patreon but i truly can't emphasize enough that i would i would legitimately say that being a member of our patreon for at least one month for three dollars is worth the two and a half hour daddy spot from 2022 anyway continue <laughs> but you know each they're just each episode so far, I've, you know, I've enjoyed it like 80%, but this one was like 100%. And I feel a large part of it was Charlie Cox. And just so much, like both of you are saying, the delivery, the tone, like to getting to see him in this like playful light, um, is it's just so enjoyable. Um, and I, I feel like um, there's also the character, you know, of Luke, who I know as like, a, he's the one of the main actors in, if you've ever watched The Flight Attendant. Yes. And he kind of plays the same character to some extent. And I think that Luke and, uh, you know, Charlie Cox um, just play really well, though, together, too, even though they have like five lines together. And like, but it just was, each line was just so enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, no, I... It's funny, like when you mentioned playful, the back and forth, even after the heartbeat scene, when they're discussing like, what's the way to go about attacking the uh, leapfrog and his folks? And just the way that uh, <laughs> Jen does the little dance. And, 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 then, Charlie, and, then, and then Charlie goes with the, oh, well, well, yeah, I saw it. It's the, the echo, the echo uh, spacing thing that he was talking, that they were talking about earlier. Um, as far as like with Jen trying to figure out like how does he see and stuff like that, that little play between them was so much fun. Where they're going back and forth on how to be a superhero, and Matt's trying to just show her the ropes a little bit. He was doing a little bit of mansplaining, but he was showing her the ropes. Um, uh, who's showing her the, the ropes in a way? I think she yeah. does. She needs to know how to use the ropes. Is the thing like that's the, I think the important part is that you know Bruce taught her how to be a Hulk or whatever, but like Bruce's version of being a superhero is very different than daredevils and what she hulk is like she hulk doesn't jen doesn't need training of how to deal with you know a chitauri invasion through the sky yet she needs someone who needs to teach her the difference between a goon and a henchman which is i think that also was perfect writing uh <laughs> and is true but like i think that it's i think it, it kind of crystallized the fact that, like we really haven't seen her do a lot of superhero stuff, which I don't mind personally, because no, frankly, fine. I don't, I, I would, if there was just a show that was the illegal comedy taking place in the superhero world with no super fights, I would be fine. But I think it's, it's nice to see like, she was very resistant to the idea of being a hero. Now that she's sort of warming up to it. Now she has a friend who can teach her the ways. And that, that, that way it feels better that it's happening in episode eight. We don't have like a crazy, she doesn't know how to be a superhero already. There's not like a crazy moment where it's like, wait, how does she know how to beat up goons already? So I I like that we have a moment where she kind of, she learns how to be a street level hero. And from a storytelling perspective, I think it's great that like when they do the previously on, they highlight what Bruce says to her. And then we have Matt talking to her at the bar about how she can be 
not only better as Jen, but better as She-Hulk too. So like when you have when you put that stuff together, that's where like overall over the series that I've been talking about the storytelling and how like some people will quibble with it, but I find it to be good because they're baking it in. And if you're just if you just the way that you receive it, at least the way that I receive it to this point is that I fully understand the journey of this person and we're always taught to enjoy the journey. So seeing Jen on this journey has been great. But Shiv, you wanted to say something. Well, I I mean, it's even more enjoyable because like if you've read any of the She-Hulk comics or even Daredevil, um, Mm. they're really, their meeting is really new. It's like 2014, I feel like was like one of the first times that they started really doing stuff in the comics. And, um, and they don't have a romantic, you know, relationship in the comics. They're just lawyers that consult each other or superheroes that consult mm-hmm. each other. So see, getting to see that is really exciting. And, but then also getting to see in their little fight in the lily pad that yeah. they're both using legal jargon and mm-hmm. discussing legal stuff while also fighting and yeah. flirting. It's, I don't, I mean, yeah, let's let Charlie Cox mansplain. I feel like this is like the one time that we're going to let it pass. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout and out to the line. Yeah. I'm a big fan of legal dramas. <laughs> I mean, and, and like, in tr- like in true lawyer form, they both, you know, let each other read each other's briefs. But anyway, um, it's just great <laughs> stuff. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I, I like legal dramas. What do you want me to say? <laughs> That's great. That's so great. But, but yeah, man, like overall, like if it is not only good that we know that we're going to get more of, charlie in the series um i mean in in his own series coming up we'll see him in echo too so there there'll be a lot of daredevil coming along but this was a great it was a a great showcase to to bring him back that Mm -hmm. uh that the romance scene towards the end as they're getting they're getting to do the do um where where she's trying to where she's trying to um take off his take off his uniform and she's having trouble it's just like again little stuff like that it's just a lot of it's just a lot of fun and then him mm-hmm. doing the walk of shame at the end. Just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely Perfect. tremendous. See, uh, th- this episode really had me, and this, this is a feeling I never really had before, was like my, one of my first instincts when I stopped watching was I felt the spirit of a 15-year-old on Tumblr in 2011 on like who wants to ship and is like, if they if they try to convince me that he's more in love with Electra, I'm going to lose my mind. And I'm like, where did that come from? That's not me, but that is how I feel. I'm like, if they don't fucking... I don't care who they throw in the Daredevil board again series. This is if their chemistry doesn't light up the screen like this, I'm not going to take it. And they gotta um, bring, actually, I I will say this: they got to bring Jen back at least for yeah, an episode. I, I think she has to at least make an appearance. Um, and I did see a great tweet that I retweeted from the uh, MCU account, which was um, the caption of it was uh, Matt Murdock next time he visits LA, and it's the photo from Game of Thrones of Tormund saying, "Is the big woman still here?" <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Amazing. I feel like we're all horny for the daredevil. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I think it's a fair assessment to it make. Goes, it goes all around for me. I mean, truly. I mean, we, oh, we've yeah. talked. We've talked before that the most unrealistic thing about the show is that we're supposed to believe that uh, Tatiana Maslany is treated <gasps> like nothing <laughs> when she's not real. But I think that it is funny. I, I do like that. This is that you know Matt is clearly a sensitive guy. That he's not you know. We get the impression that he actually is mostly into Jen, which is nice because that's obviously her whole kind of issue. I also feel Um, like this is the first series that we see, though, also that Marvel is like, okay, we're going to do this series long form for you. It's not like a play to other things like this is Mm -hmm. you're going to enjoy this. 
you're going to see cameos and you'll probably see more characters more often. So it's exciting to see that. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think from a nerd standpoint in this episode, we got a lot like I can name them throwing the daredevil score into when he says I'm daredevil. Um, We could go to the beginning during the case itself with leapfrog and Matt talks about the Sokovia Accords being repealed. That's a, it's actually a big deal for future stuff. I think the one thing I, and to stay on that point for a second is two things that you think about with that one, whatever is going to happen with Captain America in the future. Like, what does that look like? And also for a certain team of Thunderbolts and Val, and how is she going to get power to be able to have her own team? And what does that mean? I would say that that little drop by Matt saying that that would, the Sokovia Accords have been repealed is, is a is a bigger deal than I think people will realize on its face. So I'm interested to see where that goes. But um, yeah, like all of the the callbacks, even Nikki doing the the Wolverine claws thing uh, with the with the makeup stuff that was just fantastic, and. I will get back to that scene in a second, but there are a couple of other things going on in this episode. We met Leapfrog, who seems to be one rich asshole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, the, from the, the, the beginning of the... Sh- yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, the thing the show's done really well is it is actually... Because I talked before about they've tried in many different instances to do a show or movie which is like, what would the what would the life be like for everyone else? if superheroes existed and this is not that obviously because it still stars a superhero but it still has a lot of those plot lines and a thing that i never considered but of course is true if there were actually superheroes every single rich fail son would try to be a superhero like that is just a thing that would happen and i'm glad that they explored it trust fund kids are definitely going for those suits <laughs> the fact that he puts um he he, he doesn't he doesn't pay attention to luke's manual and puts jet fuel in his uh in a, in a suit, therefore causing Jen to lose the case very embarrassingly. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he has a hideout that's called the lily pad in neon with a neon sign on the very top of the building called the lily pad was yeah. just, just a very nice touch. And this, yeah, this character was such, just such dick, just such a, and there's a lot of, and I, and I do love like in this series, the way that, they portray very arrogant, douchey mm-hmm. uh, dudes. Like, because not only Leapfrog, we have the re- reemergence of Todd, which, <laughs> my God. This is um, such a funny scene. <laughs> the, when he does Wakanda Forever, that's just so funny. Wakanda, Wakanda Forever. I mean, he says, I studied there. I started studying uh, in Wakanda abroad. Um, mm-hmm. no one collects African shit on my level. Like, <laughs> Shout like out colonizers. I mean, colonizers, <laughs> cultural appropriation. Like he did the whole shebang there. I mean, like, also just the bit, and it's so it's such a you know they don't need to call it out, but the fact that photo he shows is of him shirtless with the spear, just like <laughs> a perfect type of you know. And and I and I like that. Honestly, I a thing I like about the way that they position some of these shitty guys is that at least it seems like it's somewhat implied that he actually is not just harmlessly shitty, which I like because 
you know, most people, there's nothing harmless by being shitty, but I do like that. It's, you know, he's a guy who keeps coming back. Cause it's like, Oh no, of course the super rich client who is obsessed with she Hulk wouldn't give up and would think that he is owed her, you know? Oh my God. Um, so Shiv, like just from, cause you talk about the, the dialogue in this show, as far as, as far as uh, women are concerned, what have you thought of the way that men are portrayed in this show? Um, I mean, we see so many different <laughs> different types of men in this show, right? Um, it's it's interesting if we just go from like the dating aspect of it all. Um, we have a whole cornucopia of men, um, <laughs> like Todd in himself is I'm. I'm speaking from my own dating perspective at this time. I have probably dated or gone on first dates or accidentally matched with a lot of Todds and I wish I didn't. Um, Oh, wow. But but I do live in the Bay Area. I live in the tech world, so it happens. But, um, but I, you know, I, I think men are, I don't think I've yet to meet a strong man that I actually respect outside of, Charlie and I guess Wong and <laughs> then we have Bruce too. So that's, so men aren't really portrayed the best, right? But I think that's great. That's yeah, I don't, I don't care. Speaking <laughs> as a man, I don't give a shit. Uh, also, I think Pug Pug is a nice guy. He might not be powerful, but he's a good guy. Um, but he yeah, shout out to Pug. Man. Actually, I got to be honest. I'm kind of missing Dennis. Dennis's over-the-top misogyny was just like... <laughs> It's just <laughs> tremendous in those first couple of episodes, man. Like he could pull Megan the Stallion. Like, oh my yeah. god! What was it, it that he said? He's like an LA ten in New York eleven or something like that. Yeah, oh, that was awful. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's funny. I I think that like it's, because it's a sitcom, you obviously want well rounded characters. But something that's great about sitcoms is that you can have characters that show up briefly mm-hmm. and don't have to be well rounded, and that's fine. And I think that it's like that, that there's a lot of jokes where they keep throwing in different shitty men. That like they're trying to illustrate the point, obviously, that accomplished women are still looked down upon by men that are shittier than them, and they do that in an extremely exaggerated fashion by both having her not just be accomplished as a lawyer, but also be a superhero, and having somewhat exaggerated in some ways, depending on the character, men who think that they're better than her. And I think that like to get the comedic point across, if it was a drama, you'd be like, okay, this is laying it on a little thick. But like it's the running joke is like, Jesus Christ, how many shitty guys can Jen run into? Yeah. I mean, are we laying it on thick though? Because I think no, no, we're not. No, we're not. I think it just. I think the fact that it keeps coming back to it is like could be perceived as like okay, we get the point. But the also thing is that a lot of the guys are shitty in their unique way, which is funny. Right. Yeah. No. Totally. I think. But the funny part is, like, I think it's actually grounded in reality that there's that many shitty oh, for sure. guys. So it's <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny to think it's it's really funny to think about because you can look at it on one hand as I could be like, oh hey, maybe like we're not all that bad, but then you really think about it, and it's like, eh, yeah, we kind of yeah. that bad. Like yeah. it, it's 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 an it's an unfortunate thing because you don't want to you don't want to speak on people that in a lot of ways sometimes represent represent mm-hmm. you in a bad light, but. Like, facts are facts. And I think that's why when Jake says, like, there's different kinds of shitty, like, this show kind of illustrates that in the perfect way. Because you have the dude, you have the dude in episode four after she went out, the, uh, what is it, the, the, the doctor dude, Mm -hmm. who after she went off, went on all those bad dates and had the, had the good time with him. 
He was. He ended up being really superficial. He's. So, I hate that guy so much. I, so I can't superficial. imagine waking up and seeing Tatiana Maslany having made me breakfast and being like, "I'm gonna pass." What the fuck is wrong with you? I know I got in this rant basically every episode since, but I, I still feel the passion in my bones. And I'm not this type of guy. This is not something that I usually. I'm not. You know, but. And, and the thing, I think the thing too, that they're kind of trying to, I don't know if they're doing it intentionally, but I think part of it too, is that especially with like the Tinder dates is that like the Venn diagram of people that see mm-hmm. She-Hulk on a Tinder and are like, hell yeah, I deserve that are also people who are shitty. Like the people who think that they deserve to be with She-Hulk are going to be shitty guys. No, it's, oh, yeah. Men are just shitty. That's all. Yeah, it's, of course, and and honestly, shouts to all the actors like John Bass who plays um, what's his face, the guy we we're talking about, um, the Wakanda collector. I'd name to split that. Oh, Todd. 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 Truly, just he plays shitty guys in a lot of stuff. And you know what? So you sometimes you find your lane, and sometimes it's playing really shitty guys. And I respect him for staking in it and being good at it. I'm, yeah. He's so good at it. It's it's beautiful. He pulls it off so well. Oh, I wouldn't. Want anyone else? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh man, no, because it's like it's no, it's really funny. Like now, as you go through all the guys in the show, and then you get to uh, Josh, who like really presented himself as oh, I'm very, I'm very nice, and I just I care about Jen, and I just care about who she is as a person. Only you find out he's the dirtiest, dirtiest one of the of the bunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, goddamn. So, in transition, because we're speaking of Josh, the end of this episode featured. So Jen finally gets the gets the dress, the dress, and she goes to the gala for mm-hmm. for the the female lawyer of the year, which we thought that she was she had won by herself, <laughs> but as it turned out. A bunch of women won awards. This is a real thing, though, with awards. If this happens, I, you know, you think it's the one, but it's like, oh, no, this is everyone wins. It's a participation this, award. <laughs> yes, the, the the you tried really hard award. Um, yeah, so this, this ending scene was, I mean, I think about last week with the way that episode seven ended, and that was kind of horrifying in, in its own way and dark. This takes it another step as Intelligentsia hacks the screen and basically shows everything about Jen. The, all of the Tinder dates and the matches and the video that Josh took of her. And it was yeah. very it was very creepy. Um, Jen was left in an incredibly vulnerable and angry place as you as one would expect somebody to be. And this is where Bruce talks to her at the beginning, and this is where it comes mm-hmm. back. And that's why that's why I like like how they they bring this stuff back. Is where you know he goes to her about like what what are you gonna be? Like you can't just be have this life because being a being a hero, being a Hulk in this case brings on certain types of challenges and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So she has gone trying to live her life normally. And out in the public and this kind of and then bringing that back as Matt talks earlier in the leapfrog case. And he talks about the reason why anonymity is important for superheroes, like to protect them from things like this. And Jen is out here now living a nightmare because of her being so public now in a way like she 
it's a woman being public and in her way, in, in a way like she deserves a lot of credit for that. But at the same time, it's that, that give and take, it's that sacrifice that leads to this. So I thought that the way that this ended was kind of perfect because it shows Jen like, Hey, this is how it really, really is. And, and that the, that something else Bruce said is, Yes. That about the world seeing you as a monster. And she thought that because she was able to be conscious when she was in her Hulk form, that that wouldn't right. happen. Good point. And, yes. and the unfortunate thing is what I thought about when I was watching that scene was if this had happened when she was Jen Walters, she would just run away and be scared and cry and it'd be horrible. But because she has the strength and power, she is able, her anger is able to present itself in such a way that people don't find acceptable anymore, especially because she's a woman. Because frankly, she's not really doing anything that, I mean, she breaks through a wall over, but she's trying to beat up a guy who like leaked nude stuff of her. Like that is a pretty reasonable reaction. But mm-hmm. because she has this power and this strength that now you see that she went from being a female lawyer of the year to almost immediately having, you know, guns pointed at her. And it's like this is sorry you can't you, you can't be angry anymore basically is what it's like and I think that that last shot was kind of herring where she looks at the camera and her realization is basically like oh I I can't be a person if this is who I am and I it, honestly it's kind of tragic which is interesting though because we also in this episode get Matt saying to her like be the best of both worlds then right mm-hmm. and so I think she at this point is thinking okay I just had this cool you know um fight with matt and did the superhero thing wore the suit for the first time and like i'm doing that and then i'm winning this award so i'm doing both perfectly and then we get to this point where her consent is stripped away and all of these different things are being leaked about her so it's it's almost like the crashing of her world right so um it's just to build on both like of what you both are saying like that you know this this is such an interesting turning point though, too, because um, the show in itself has been so sex positive and so like very like pro um, promiscuity pro, like let's be slutty. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. but it's also having this like really important conversation about consent, this entire series. Right. And so we get to now see that come forward and see that, okay. Yeah. If your consent isn't there, you should have the ability to rage and go crazy. <laughs> and the thing that I love about this, and this might you might, you might disagree with this, because I think it's this is very on the nose, but I like that they're making it that the intelligentsia, they don't they say they don't like her because she stole her powers or whatever like that. But I like that they are making it that no, they don't like her because she's a woman who is confident and has sex. Like that's why they don't like her. And that's the reason and I think that that's like Gra- very grounded in what the real world is because yeah. ultimately Absolutely. if you spend as much time reading shitty stuff on the internet as i do which is the thing i need to stop doing what you realize is these shitty guys just find as many words as possible to make up of why they don't like a woman when the answer is yeah. that she is in tr- control of her sexuality and she doesn't have sex with me that's why they don't like every powerful woman that guys on the internet don't like that is what it is and i no, like yeah. that it's making that the text it's like no this isn't like yeah the stuff with the blood or whatever yada yada, yada. no they don't like her because she's powerful and is in charge right. of her own life and she, right. they, she doesn't have sex with them and that I think that this is one of the most effective ways that the MCU has, quote, ripped things from the headlines. Because in a way, the reason why Intelligentsia doesn't like She-Hulk is the same reason why dweebs on the internet don't like the show. And so 
in that way, they were incredibly prescient in a way that makes me kind of sad because I don't like that all those weebs don't like the show. But it's like, yeah, let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not make up a convoluted yeah. reason why they don't like She-Hulk. They don't like She-Hulk for the same reason that the people who say, like, not my Daredevil don't like her. Yes, I'm glad that Jake said that because I've because this is what I'm talking about where you bake in the you bake in the story to now we're at the finale. We have Jen established as a character. We also have the story meaning something significant without even having a real like villain type like the real villain is society and <laughs> Disney dis and, and the and the best part is it's like Disney doesn't do stuff like this. So I think no. the fact that. No, no. In a TV sitcom that's a comedy, is able to throw this, not throw it in there, but place it in there in a way that makes sense and is done well. And they took the time to build it out. Like, it's not something that, you know, in six episodes, you kind of rush through and you get there and it's like, ah, it doesn't feel like it makes sense. No, they've been building it out the entire episode. The the constant dating, the the headlines that are made on, on television, mm -hmm. like all of the stuff. The even the therapy session with Blonsky and the rest of the the, the yeah. rest of the crew there, like all of that stuff has mattered. All of those conversations, Mallory and Nikki talking like these little scenes have all mattered. And I mm -hmm. think that's why I am very appreciative and really like this show a lot, because when it comes to storytelling, that's me. Like, man, I like a slow cooking story. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need to rush. He's Just got that crock pot. The Tur crock pot up, going. Wakes up, yes. puts, the tur puts the turkey breast in the crock pot with a little bit of water, lets it go for 10 hours. He gets home, Ooh, he shreds it up. Throws a that's a little tip, by the way, if you want to make turkey breast without having to worry about it. That's and also, like, yeah, and listen, man, you you you, you want the, you want those ribs coming off the bone. You want them sliding off the bone. Oh, well, ribs you want to do in the oven. You want to put them basically in two different things of foil. Let them go for like two and a half, three hours. Mm. Take them out, let them cool down, and then put them under the broiler with sauce on it. But that's nothing here or there. Um, but well, no. Uh, excuse me. Well, Sorry, baking, I love baking is ribs. more of my thing. So you're like, you're, well, what you're, you I guess you're the... Uh, baking is more of my oh, thing. Oh, okay. You're I love cooking. You're the cooker. I'm, the, but, I'm I love baking. And, and so. I will say before I toss it over to Shivani that a thing I yes. like about it too is that this does not feel like law and order writers try to understand the internet. Because once again, like this is actually, it's actually like pretty yeah. realistic to what misogyny in the internet looks like. It doesn't feel like it's people who don't know what they're talking about. Like it's pretty spot on with what it is. Oh, a yeah, 100%. I actually completely agree with you. I like that they were straightforward with it. They wasn't like, let's just pitter-patter around it and like kind of like um, how they couldn't say racism and, and so many different of the other shows. Like, <laughs> let's, let's just outright say misogyny doesn't. And like, if I feel like all of us know, like anyone who's listening knows that when it comes to misogyny, there doesn't have to be any sense to it. It's just hate. And that yeah. comes across really well in this show. And I enjoyed that a lot. And um, I'm really glad that happened. It was just so funny to me, though, too, because Mallory is up there, you know, as a regular woman saying this like tidbit as yeah. her her speech. And then this is happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it's it was just a great juxtaposition for that. Um, exciting moment I, I love Mallory's <laughs> answer too she's she's great I Matt I the one of the crimes of the show is that they're getting uh Tony nominee Renee Elise Goldsberry to do basically nothing but everything she does she kills and I hope I hope for her sake that 
given the fact she doesn't have as much screen time as she deserves, that she was able to keep every single one of those power pantsuits. I hope that she was. <laughs> she looks great in them, so yes. Incredibly tailored. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. As always, black is beautiful. But um I I will say that because we don't get um we don't get an, a lot of lines for her. I would take away some of the fourth wall stuff in another season. To, to get more lines from them because I think she delivers perfectly with all of her characters. Um, I think lines. that you, I think the way you think you'd have to do is probably tamp down the cameos and make it more of because uh, yeah. I think the fourth wall stuff. I I, I understand because I, I think that the the thing that takes away because the reason Mallory doesn't have that many lines is mostly because she's mm. not that involved, not that she's not in a lot of scenes. If that makes sense, like I feel like you just don't give her a lot of story except for like two or three episodes. That's but, fair. Yeah, I just want yeah. I want her to be I want them to break cases together, you know, have the whole group, Pug, Nikki, Mallory, Jen. I mean, just make it Allie McBeal, but one of them's but Allie's green. Come on. <laughs> of course. It's you know, I think now and when we talk about overall storytelling and kind of where this is all leading, because the finale is next week. So to kind of put this and now this is the first time in the show that I and we can look more big picture. So here we have this Captain America New World Order movie that has the leader in it, who is a established Hulk villain, Intelligentsia. Mm. Known for having the only person alive having a bigger head than mine. (laughs) Not at all. I'm I'm kidding. You know, just humor. (laughs) So we have the leader and Intelligentsia. We have those connections in the comics. We have Intelligentsia being this kind of message board thing. And in this, they're attacking a woman superhero. Assuming that Intelligentsia kind of translates to Captain America New World Order, it's possible it could be attacking a black man, a black superhero. That part of it, like, that's like, okay, if this is what they're doing, all right, sign me up for that because that's legitimately interesting. I can I can get into that. And it's funny that Jen drops that line as she does the fourth wall break before they go to the gala and she talks about the the whole like wait a minute is isn't this episode supposed to be over? And then she and then she mentions the stuff about the Red Hulk and and uh extra set piece and and is there a big twist coming? Mm-hmm. So I don't know and I'm glad that I don't know like how this concludes. I'm assuming that a couple of things will happen. One, we'll see Bruce again next week. Jake, you got something that you want to say? No, ahead. I was actually counting off. I was going to count off with one, two, and three. Oh. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. No, I was going to do one for no reason. I'm just like, yeah. I, hate, I, I hate that I broke my, my, broke my Sorry, what's two? There. what's two? No, no, it's my bad. What's two? No, no, no. Number two is like one. We'll see Bruce. Number two, we'll find out. I think where Blonsky stands on all of this because we had the discussion last week about his rehabilitation and whether that's real or not. And if it's not real, what does that mean for him? And what does that mean for the story? So that I'm intrigued in because I'm assuming that we're going to see him again next week too. We haven't seen Titania in a few weeks since mm-hmm. uh, you know she got she got her a bunch of her teeth knocked out so i i want to see like where that ends for her so there's a there's a few things at play here and this is kind of the first time where the story has be the story has really become the central focus and the plot seems like it's actually 
It's actually going to mean something significant. So I'm in, intrigued at where this finale will head. Uh, Shivani, I'll start with you. I won't even go into like an expectation thing of what, what you have for the finale, but I would I would ask you, what would you like to see? Um, I you know everything you just said, like all of those p- bits of storyline just come together a little bit more. Um, I want to know who the big bad is. I don't know if we'll get that necessarily, but um, would love to see you know at least the Josh storyline play like a little bit yeah, more. And I then um, I you know I have actually no idea who she's looking to over her shoulder in the end of this like episode. Um, it could be anybody, right? And because um, we've had so many cameos, we've had so many characters introduced to us. It could be anybody. Like, do I want to see less Titania? Probably just, but that's just me being mean to Jamila Jamela and myself. Feel so mm-hmm. sorry about it all the time. But um, no, you it's know. Like, she's strange. If like, there's some Googles, I I don't know how to feel about her, but it's, it's there's a, there's a lot. But um, you know, I I would love to just see. Um, a really good episode for Jen though at the same time because we've had so many cameos in this season that just a very great storyline for Jen and a mm-hmm. strong ending would be like really the thing that I'm really um, hoping for the most. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting stuff. Jake, how about you? What you looking forward to? I agree. And I think the thing about Jen is the thing I've liked about the show the most is Jen. Jen is um, definitely like, a you know in terms of fictional character crushes all the way up there for me she's just great big fan mm-hmm. and i mean that besides the shield stuff i'm not even like it just i i think that she's so the thing i like about the show and i think that what i really, really liked about last episode is that her relationship to being a hulk is different than bruce's because she has a different core crisis than bruce and her core crisis is about feeling powerful and seen and things like that and that when she gets the opportunity to be powerful and seen there's some drawbacks to any other this is what i've been talking about the whole show and i hope that there's not a full resolution because i don't want the character to be completed in her entire arc as a person but i hope that we get her to come to a certain level piece of it and understanding and get somewhere where she you can see her be like not struggling with it as much and you know maybe deciding to like i think in some ways you almost want her to maybe leave gk gk lnh or whatever it is um i don't know if that's gonna happen but like just having a more healthy relationship to she hulk and as for the big bad i think that they're gonna introduce the leader at least briefly because i think that um they didn't need to fly Tim Blake Nelson out to LA for D23. I think they, they could have just said that he's going to be in. And they didn't even say, he, they didn't need to say he was the big bad. They could have just said he's going to be returning. I think that they very much wanted to remind people who he was, given the fact that, I don't know, uh, he's the fourth most important character, no, fifth in a movie that is like barely canon. So I think we are going to see him. But I also think that it's like not that important because the thing I trust, the thing about this show in particular is that even with some of the times where I feel like things are sometimes too on the nose or being too like, okay, we get it. Yes, we were trying to make a certain point. This show feels the most honestly written in that, like, I actually just don't believe that there were a lot of, I don't believe that there was as much, ton of interference. I think that the show is pretty much in the voice of the writer's room. And so Mm -hmm. assuming that there wasn't last minute interference from Kevin Feige, there always could have been. I think that they know that the finale has to be about Jen. And so I am, 
hope that I'm not wrong in trusting that it will be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would tend, I would tend to agree with that, Jake. I feel like, I feel like from a finale standpoint, and this is usually where we've talked about it a lot in MCU shows that like not necessarily all of them have handled that aspect. Well, I think this show has been true to itself throughout and I don't expect that to necessarily deviate, but I do expect there to be additive functions just based off of kind of like the tea leaves of what we're getting and um, everything from Bruce going to Sakaar and, and all that stuff. And now the intelligentsia stuff, I think, is an important thing. And like I said, I, do, I don't think it's a light thing that Matt dropped the Sokovia Accords being repealed. I think that's a that's a line that's going to come back. Um if not sooner, later. It will, we will hear about something regarding that. So I expect a lot of fun, and I expect um, the leader stuff. Maybe we'll get a hint, whether we do or not. I actually, it's not that big of a deal, but I do like the fact that the, that the way that Intelligentsia was presented in this episode was a lot more menacing than just your, mm-hmm. your, your standard... Um, we're just creeps type of thing. We're just creeps and incels type because of thing. It's a little creeps and incels until they're not is the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm so glad the show is making that clear. Yes. Yes. So like when it becomes a real thing and then, yeah, I think Jen managing her anger and I think coming back and having a conversation with Bruce, I would love to see because I thought the first episode in retrospect were originally, they were supposed to make it the episode before the finale. And I think that they chose right by making that the first one. Because now you can come back and and uh, come full circle, and hopefully get some type of conversation where they have a they have a like a heart to heart again. Because I remember Jen in episode I think it was six called Bruce looking for him and couldn't find him. So she could have used him in, in in this time that she was going through. But maybe he comes back now and they have a nice conversation. So I think with all that being said. The show has been a lot of fun, and um, I'm excited for the finale either way because I think that they've done a really tremendous job, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to come next. But this is a lot of this has been a lot of fun talking, uh, Shiv. Such a pleasure to Thank to you. have you back in our graces. Um, we got to get you back on again very soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know for what, but we will we will definitely figure something out. But once again, thank you as always. Let us know where, where where we can follow you and where we can find what you do. Yeah. Um. First off, just gonna say we talked about men being shitty, but that couldn't be the furthest for the both of you. Thank um, you. You guys are the kindest and the best, like friends and people that you can have in your corner. And you know, I have I've actually haven't been able to be on here a lot because of my own personal stuff. And you guys have been so kind and so caring and I appreciate that so much. And I just need to tell all the listeners that the people that you're supporting with this pod they're so make me worth blush it. over this here. Was, this is such Shiv, this is such a disaster because a couple weeks like two weeks ago we did the mailbag and one of the parts was that I was back home for a bit and I did a QA with my mom and let people ask questions and she said a thing that people wouldn't know about me was that I was incredibly kind and told anecdotes about me being kind as a kid. So this is a bad run for me. This is bad for my image shop. <laughs> no, I listen I apologize for the streak. No, no, I, Shiv, I, I, I will, I will say this. I will say that, yeah, like Jake said, appreciate it very much. You, you, you're making me blush over here, and I don't blush very much. The listeners so gotta know. They gotta know and, that you guys are dope people. And no irony. I think that 
kindness is incredibly underrated these days because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people took the wrong lesson from, I think there's a way that our generation kind of is like, well, just because you're nice to people doesn't mean you're a good person. It's like, yes, that's true. But that also doesn't mean that being kind to people is not super valuable. And so I try to lead with kindness and Frank, because just because frankly, like, I don't know, why not? I, I, it's whatever. And also we do fucking podcasts. It's easy to be kind. Uh, (laughs) It's your superpower. (laughs) <laughs> also like I, I and and I say and not even to get on a soapbox, but I think people kind of need it. Yeah. Regardless of whether you think that like being you know as much of a jerk as a lot of people are out there. No, like people are people are lonely out there. And it's a real thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I like people are lonely out there and you don't know what what another person is going through. So I think, at least for me personally, at the very least, the very least that I can do is when I talk to somebody, whether I know them or not necessarily do, try and give them some kindness because at the very least, I may not know what they're going through. So I think that's how I kind of lead. And um, I'm fortunate enough to have Jake here with me. And and our listeners also, Shiv, you, and uh, what you call it, everybody who's been on before, uh, we kind of had all that same report. It makes it easier to be nice when it's you honestly, deal the only with thing, nice people. Honestly, it's the only thing I really look for in guests or people around the show. Uh, it's just like it's – if you're not here to be you know, nice – I yeah. think also because in this space in particular, there's so much negativity. And while obviously I, we sometimes will mock some people we don't like interpersonally like i just don't i very rarely ever find a reason to interpersonally be unkind to someone because it almost always is possible to be kind to someone and i don't know i i I also have a soapbox about being kind because it just i don't know it takes so it takes like two percent more energy um but also yeah Yo, shout out to this the more you know moment that we're having right now. This <laughs> is just tremendous stuff. <laughs> and but before we get digressed anymore, Shiv, you didn't give me where we can find you. Yeah, That's yeah. You important. can you can find me um trying to move like y'all move with love at um at Shivani Banfall on all socials. And um, you know, you guys are just the best. And I can never say it enough. No, thank you. Thank you so much. We genuinely appreciate having you on and we look forward to having you on once again. Uh, Jake, uh, give me the follows where you at, brother. So first, before I say anything, I do want to say uh, Mariano has been trying to be on every episode for the last all the last bits. He wasn't able to make it this week. And I think it's appropriate because this is the first episode in, I think, the whole series that we don't get a close up of She-Hulk's feet. And he's been pointing that out every time it happens. And we didn't get it this week, so he didn't miss anything. Um we did get Daredevil's feet, though. We did get Daredevil's feet. We sure uh, did. But you can follow me at DJ Christie. Still, still, still raising money for Hurricane Ian Relief. If you're listening to this on Friday, until the end of the day, if you donate $25, you will be entered to win a signed copy of Nubia and the Amazon hardcover from Stephanie Williams. You hey. know why? You know how I know that? And I'm meeting her for a bite to eat on Sunday where I'm picking that up and we'll send it to you. So if you want a signed copy of Nubian the Amazons, donate $25, you'll be entered in. Uh, if you've already donated, you're entered in. Um, but obviously, I'll say this. If you want it, you have a pretty good chance of winning because, you know, a lot of people who donated more than $25 are like my mom. And if she wins, she'll probably be like, no, give it to the next person. So, um, yeah, just <laughs> donate. I, I have all the charities on my uh, page um, and I'm going to keep probably until the end of the month going to keep tallying up money. Uh, raised over 1300 so far, hoping to get it up to 2000 Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. We mentioned the Patreon. Yeah, there'll be more stuff coming from there. 
And also, again, like I said, this is a three episode week. So if two you're listening day. to the two episode day, so like if you're listening to this on Friday, not too long after this episode comes out, we have Werewolf by Night. The, the special presentation mm. from the MCU that I think people are really going to like. Oh, it rips. It's so good. Uh, it's yeah, it's an incredible. It, Shiv, it's so good. It's it's so much fun. Um, yeah, I was actually AC. I was wondering, do you think that like there might be uh, some supply chain issues? How much fish grease Marvel's ordering? That there might be Whoa! some <laughs> werewolf by night. Let me tell you, boy, the fish grease is overflowing with that one. <laughs> Fifty-two minutes of fire. Oh my gosh, it's it's just it's really tremendous stuff. Like if you if. Anybody who's listening, if you get a chance at like, if you're wondering like, oh, do I really want to watch this werewolf thing? Yeah, no, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's something so, completely different in the best way. Yes, and when we talk about original, original, so we we talk about that. You so just check it out on the feed when it does come out. But again, thanks everybody for your support. Appreciate it greatly. For Shivani Banfall and Jig Christie, I'm Anthony Kent on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.